0: Hello and welcome to the Mallow Street Podcast, where we're talking about collective-defined contribution schemes. Today I'm talking to Chintan Gandhi, who is the head of Collective DC at Aon, and also sits on the Association of Consulting Actuaries main committee and chairs their PR committee. Chintan, welcome. Hi, thank you. Um, Chintan, you're you're obviously uh, in favour of CDC, so in your view, why is CDC viable?
1: yeah so uh, let me begin by saying that at Aon we've done a huge amount of modelling to help look at cdc outcomes to help ensure that they are just that that they're viable Um, and it's also worth saying that the cdc schemes in the uk uh, they'll have more regulatory and other oversight than probably any other pension design to just monitor cdc schemes to ensure that they continue to be viable it's also worth emphasizing that cdc isn't creating something out of nothing here. It's it's a pension scheme design where money goes in, you generate returns through the investments and they're used to meet benefits. And it's almost taking the best bits of defined benefit or DB in terms of that pooling of risk and also the best bits of defined contribution or DC, which is the fixed cost in the way it aims to deliver a lifelong retirement income. Also worth saying as well we're all comfortable with the pooling of risk in insurance where we see transfers of outcomes between those in and out of risk uh, and taking a mutual insurer for example you know collects money in for, from its members uses that to pay benefits uh, always remains to sort of be solvent uh, and adjust the terms of the benefits to to meet that goal uh, given they can't adjust premiums so from that perspective i think in the uk given that we're all kind of comfortable with with that concept from an insurance perspective and the viability Mm. of it in an insurance environment um i don't don't see why there would be uh you know um any issues with that once once cdc is more understood um in the uk
0: Mm -hmm. and um cdc is not uh, a new concept to the world as such it's uh existed in the netherlands but the netherlands are moving away from that now so what's different about uk cdc
1: yeah, so th- there are a couple of important distinctions um, and, and learnings in particular, I think we can take from CDC in the Netherlands. Uh, the first key learning, I think from my perspective, is that yeah, we need to make absolutely sure that members um, you know, get don't get any impression that their benefits are in any way guaranteed or that there's any sort of certainty or, or with, with regards to those benefits. Uh, and I think from an, from a UK perspective, that puts a lot of emphasis on the importance of member and wider communication of CDC, uh, you know, benefits will need to be framed as a target that are subject to adjustments. And it's vitally important that we set members expectations on the nature of the benefits that they they're are building up. Mm. I think this will go a long way to avoid the situation uh, that we've seen in the Netherlands where poor markets experience with is met with members insisting that you just can't cut their benefits. Um, I guess mm-hmm. in relation to that, another key difference that I see in the UK CDC design, as with the, with the Netherlands, is well, it, it relates to the fact that at the end of it every year a CDC scheme will need to be made whole again, and the rules in the UK will ensure that trustees of CDC schemes will have to react quickly to underfunding uh, that or you know, any underfunding that materialises, and I think this overcomes another challenge that we've seen in the Dutch model. Uh, which kind of comes down to the risk of being slow to react to bad news. In the Mm -hmm. UK, we won't have prudence buffers or the build-up of reserves, whereby if there's a bad year, we can just spend a bit of that to give people some increases, uh, in the hope that it will just repair itself in the future. We we all know that if you have one bad year, there's always a risk of more bad years to follow. And if you Mm -hmm. keep spending a bit of your buffer in those bad years, at some point, there will be nothing left, and you will genuinely have to start cutting benefits. But if members become accustomed to increases in their benefits in in hard times, then it makes it even more difficult to then cut their benefits when you really need to. Um, So again, that, that member expectation and understanding of the nature of their benefits and the protection that trustees will need to react quickly to any underfunding should um you know should mean we we, we can paint a different picture for, for uk cdc
0: yeah
1: um, i was gonna say just finally on the point of the dutch schemes I, I know that um you know the cuts that we saw in 2012 and may well have seen in 2020-21 were not for for recent um announcements in the netherlands yeah you know, they're, they're often called out as uh you know why cdc is a is a failure of the system Um, But but actually, I think in my view, a fairer assessment uh, of cuts in extreme times is actually that CDC may face a temporary reduction to pensions in comparison, maybe with typical DC savers who'd face a more significant cut. Uh, And we we might have seen that when the markets fell by around 20% in March this year. uh, And some DC members will have had a limited time frame to heal the damage that was caused. Mm. and the Dutch regulator showed that for those schemes that cut benefits in 2012 the average cut was around 1.9 percent and they were actually largely restored in CDC schemes in, in the following years.
0: Mm-hmm. And and you've touched on a couple of things there um, one was a um, loss aversion I suppose and the other is communication the importance of making that clear that possibility of a loss. Do you really think that communication can overcome members' reluctance to <laughs> accept losses?
1: I think, I mean, I think, so I, I accept the fact that many people think communication in CD is, is going to be a challenge. Um, I think, you know, as an industry, I think we can, we can work hard to ensure that the communications is right in terms of setting members' expectations. Uh, I think we all know that members in, in DC kind of know what, what they're getting, which is fixed contributions going in and they, the risk is all on them. And you know, they 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 do understand it's not is yeah, it's not something that is nice to, for them, but they do understand that if markets for their the DC savings.
0: Lately we've had some projections from consultancies about excess returns over DC. Um what do you base that on, given that the market instruments are largely the same? How how can it returns be so much more than in DC?
1: So First thing to say is in CDC that there are no excess returns. Um, You know, CDC is not a magic money tree. Um, Instead, though, CDC has the ability to invest to a timescale beyond a single individual's lifespan. Um, And so by pooling longevity risk, CDC schemes will have a typically much longer time horizon than will an individual person saving in their own DC pot. Uh, And what that means is that when you pool together, member's assets, you can invest in a greater proportion of return-seeking assets uh, and also different types of return-seeking assets for longer than you would otherwise be able to do uh, in the case of an individual DC saver. Uh, And as investment risk is collectively shared across the entire membership, uh, that risk is not borne by any member individually.
0: Mm. And uh, does that also involve more volatility? Does it mean investing more in equities essentially?
1: Well, essentially, it means investing more in return-seeking assets, um, but with the mechanisms of collective DC, where you know each year you do your annual valuation, um, you look at the expectations of those returns, that places a value on the liabilities versus the assets, and any any volatility should be able to be smoothed out over time. Mm-hmm. An example I'd give when when talking about this is, you know, we. We at Aon have done some some back testing analysis to see, well, yeah, we, we've had 90 odd plus years of, of markets experience that we could look to. And so, well, actually, how would a CDC, how would a well-designed CDC scheme have performed? So, in particular, a well-designed CDC scheme that targets inflationary increases. And and we found that, that CDC scheme would have had to only cut benefits once in over 90 years, and that was in the nineteen thirties at the time of the Great Depression. So mm. that also means that you know through periods like second world war the financial crisis and indeed 2020 a cdc scheme would not have had to cut benefits now worth pointing out that in some of those years there may have been very little in the way of increases and in some of those years it may have even been flat but a flat pension throughout such turbulent times just kind of shows what CDC can do for members, which is to help sort of dampen that volatility in terms of the pension they receive.
0: Mm-hmm. And in terms of, uh, we talked about communication, is it a good idea to focus on uh, returns or, or income uh, rather than the risk sharing element? I, mean, I think,
1: as with communications, there's always a balance in terms of you know, we all want simpler communications for members because uh, they're much more likely to read it, adjust it and understand it. Uh, I think it is important though that members will need to understand that their contributions are being pulled together um, with other members in order to help deliver that target uh, lifelong income in retirement that, that they want.
0: Mm-hmm. And and do you think they might um, feel that they could be shortchanged in some way that if they're, they die young they're Money stays
1: in the scheme, for example. Yeah, so on, on that long longevity kind of transfer point, um, I mean, I think you see that in other schemes. That's, that's just the nature of of DB. Um, but, but I guess what I would say here is that when when the majority of members get to retirement, what they really want is is an income in retirement. It may not be a case of using all of their DC savings to to fund that, but you know, the majority of people will want a lifelong income in retirement, and that certainty, or not certainty, but kind of knowledge that they're going to have some, uh, or comfort that they're going to have some income. And with with CDC, that's kind of what it delivers, and that's that's the key benefit of CDC, is being able to deliver that target income in retirement.
0: Mm-hmm. We've obviously got Royal Mail, um, having said that they will embrace CDC as soon as the legislation is finalised. Um, what needs to happen for other employers to do that?
1: Yeah, so um, th- th- there's a few well, there's a few employers that we think, um, or a number, that are interested in offering some form of CDC scheme to their employees. Uh, indeed, the ACA's uh, 2020 Pension Trend Survey found that 12% of employers are considering such a scheme for, for their employees, so I, I look at that and I think that's kind of market enough or demand enough for CDC to really take off in the coming years um that said being honest i think given how long cdc has has taken to come to fruition uh i think everybody's just waiting as you said for royal mail cdc plan to to get off the ground um and you know some may even be waiting to see what that first benefit adjustment looks like you know will it will it deliver something broadly in line with with what's expected at outset and if not how how far away might that be Mm. beyond royal mail i mean so legislation uh, at the moment or when imminently hopefully gets, gets passed in, in the pension schemes bill uh, will only permit single and closely associated employers to set up a CDC scheme. Mm-hmm. And so this means I think that the, the next wave of employers that, that, that move to or look to a CDC solution will typically be, be reasonably large, so maybe 5000 plus employees, uh, they'll probably be paternalistic. Um, they will probably be reviewing their pension and reward strategy and looking uh, looking for in a, a different way or another way forward, so whether they have got DB that they are looking to get out of in terms of future accrual, uh, yeah. they have got you know, DC in seeking alternatives to that if it is not deemed to be delivering for members, or they have got a mishmash of both, which was certainly the case with, with Royal Mail, um, and you know, they may also be unionised in terms of that next following, but not necessarily.
0: Yeah. And uh, will employers uh, need to close their DC schemes if they set up a CDC scheme or should there be a choice for members?
1: So, it, I mean, there is no requirement, I understand it, and for, for employers to you know, shut their DC scheme and transfer everything into CDC. And indeed, you know, CDC schemes wouldn't need to accept transfers in.
0: Right. But for CDC to work, um, obviously, it needs a certain number of members. Uh, could it be the case that some members just simply don't don't take the action, or or even prefer to be in a DC scheme? What what would that mean for an employer?
1: I think when when it comes to setting up a CDC scheme, and we we've got employers out there with with DC arrangements, and members that choose that that's not for them will will opt out. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, with any pension arrangement that an employer provides, if an employee chooses for, for their own personal circumstances, that this isn't for them, they've, they've obviously got the option to, to opt out. And yeah, mm. we, we see that in a number of pension arrangements at the moment where typically higher earners or those that might be impacted with with pensions tax issues will choose to opt out rather than opt into their pension scheme.
0: Yeah, OK. So, so what is the um, minimum number of members that the CDC scheme would need to be viable?
1: Yeah. So uh, I think it's it's probably, the you know, the, it's probably about 5000 members plus is when you really start to get those benefits of scale to, to help CDC work.
0: Yeah. OK. And uh, talking about employers and, and maybe smaller employers, is there a way that they could benefit from CDC and could master trusts perhaps play a role in that?
1: Yeah, so, so looking beyond single employers, I mean, so first thing to say is secondary legislation will be needed to open up CDC schemes for both industry-wide multi-employer um, and indeed CDC master trusts to, to operate. This will inevitably be demand-led, so I'd say to your listeners, uh, if, you're, if you're interested in CDC, uh, but maybe you don't have the workforce size to do it on your own, um, or there are other drivers for that then please do lobby the Department for Work and Pensions and express interest in this being available um, as an option at least. Um, But I do believe there'll be other employers that that will look to CDC to deliver uh, their pension strategy, uh, both based on discussions that we've had uh, with employers, but also the ACA survey uh, that I mentioned earlier uh, that found that 52% of employers support CDC being available beyond just for raw mail. Mm You mentioned also the evolution of, of master trusts, and I think that's a really important one. Um, again, it will be demand led in terms of you know innovation will probably only come if employers and, and, and their members demand it. Again, I do I do think that that will happen and, and that same ACA survey I just mentioned found that half of employers do support CDC being being available in, in, through master trusts. Uh, and I think the, the kind of the key area of development uh, that we might see in master trusts, Will probably be in the decumulation or at retirement space. Um, I mentioned it earlier, but you know, when savers get to retirement, perhaps with you know, some of them will probably just take take cash if they've got typically low pension pots or and, and low wider wealth. Um, <clears throat> you'll have those with potentially quite high pension pots and high wealth that may may value putting their money into an income drawdown solution um, so to be able to pass that on. But, but for the majority of savers, they'll want some form of lifelong income in retirement without having to make complex decisions. Um, and I see the development of kind of CDC and accumulation through master Trust as being able to give them an option that sits alongside the existing options uh, of kind of taking cash and, and draw down uh, to be able to basically help secure that target income for yeah. their retirement without, without having to pay for, for a guarantee annuity. Um, and yeah, I, I kind of really so what would the Nirvana look like me in terms of future? Where, where do I think the future could go? If somebody gets to retirement, they need to just make one decision, uh, possibly through through AI or robo guidance. Say, I'll take some as cash, assuming we're allowed to take tax-free cash in the future. Um, I'll secure some of my retirement savings into a pooled. Income for Life Fund, so effectively using CDC uh, in the accumulation phase, and to the extent I, I maybe don't need you know any more income from that retirement savings, I can then put some uh, into a into a drawdown fund that's either a rainy day fund or something that can be passed on to future generations if need be.
0: Mm-hmm. And um, CDC has obviously been framed uh, within the sort of broader DC legislation, um, so it doesn't. Uh, doesn't have to offer the same guarantees in law etc but do you see any kind of a risk of perhaps sort of political or legal intervention that could undermine the cdc principle and particularly the um, flexibility and benefits
1: yeah so you, i mean you're absolutely right that cdc is defined in legislation as a collective money purchase um, so deliberately designed effectively as dc uh, and in view So in my view um you know that i'd probably turn the question around and say you know how likely is it that government will legislate for employers to make good dc shortfalls because at the end of the day cdc is a form of dc um and you know no one can answer that question um but what i would say that is if at any point in future employers find that cdc doesn't work for them for for, for whatever reason um For example, if they feel that there is a risk of political or legal intervention, uh, they'll have the power to wind a CDC scheme up and, in effect, convert that into individual DC pots for their members.
0: Mm -hmm. And um, lastly, Chintan, uh, Aeon's obviously been at the forefront of, of thinking about CDC. Do you think you might one day have access to a CDC scheme?
1: So it's, yeah. At Aeon, and and in particular through our Master Trust, we you know we're always looking to innovate, looking to um, you know see what else is out there and the options that we can provide. Uh, typically, I think it will be led by demand from from others, and whether that's you know ourselves or others. Yeah, you know, I, I do though. Having said that, see the industry evolving in this way um, over you know, over some years to come.
0: Okay. And would you join the scheme if you had uh, the option to join the CDC scheme?
1: So, from a personal perspective, um, sort of given given my age profile um, and you know the the fact that I, I have no access to uh, at, at the moment uh, being able to secure an affordable and efficient way of providing an income with my retirement savings when I get there. Uh, effectively, I don't have any DB. Uh, then, then yes, I would do. Great.
0: Thank you, thank you very much, Tintan, for
1: talking. Uh, thank you very much for inviting me to, to the interview today. Thanks.